Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch. Ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights, but you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, let's get to our next story. Working Dead, written and read by J. Thomas Sparrow. Mercedes Jefferson was a master interviewer. She was known to pick just the right person for just the right job. Not this time. She bit her lip as she remembered her interview with Brian Toomwater. He had the right qualifications, yet her gut said no. She had felt her stomach tighten when he said that retirement was not fulfilling, that work was all that mattered. Mercedes ignored that gut feeling, or more accurately, rationalized it away. She needed someone with his skills. His idiosyncrasies would be tucked back in accounting. When she hired him and shook his hand, it was limp and dry. Lifeless was the word that came to mind. She glanced at her hand after that handshake. There were flakes of his skin on her palm. Six months had passed. Today, she called Toomwater to her office for his progress review. She didn't typically give these reviews, but Toomwater's direct supervisor and his workstation lead had recently resigned. She waved her hand, motioning for Brian to come into the office. Brian, hi, uh, have a seat. He came in. She recognized that gait, that slow, steady walk, like he hadn't a care in the world. She smiled at him. It was a forced smile. He looked like hell and smelled like a compost pile. Well, thanks for coming in. He spoke in a drawn-out low voice. You're welcome. As you know, your immediate supervisor, Peggy Kwan, very recently resigned from her position. So today, we are going to have your six-month review. Thank you. I've been looking forward to hearing how I am doing. Let's get started then. Yes, let's get started. He repeated her words, but had taken all the emotion out of them. Your work, Brian, is excellent. You seem to have immediately mastered our input coding. Everything you have done has been efficient and accurate. I work hard to make it so. Yes, you do work hard. You are known to be one of the first ones in the office and one of the last ones to leave at night. I live for my job. It keeps me alive. Brian, Mercedes brought her lips together in search for the right words, the path to expose the unpleasantness in the room. Are you happy? Yes, I'm very happy. I mean, are you happy outside of your work? I have already told you that my life is my work. Without work, what else is there? Brian, your personal life is none of my business, but I have always believed that a healthy personal life 
is just as important as a healthy work life. Do you find that to be true? I find that I am my work. It is what keeps me going. You have certainly made quite an impression around here. Your handwritten notes have beautiful penmanship, and they are direct in their messages. I know that I am the only one who handwrites notes, but I do that as a backup system, in case the electronics fail. Brian, we have a triple backup system, so I don't think you need to do handwritten notes as a precaution. But what if all the electronics died? Death can come in an instant. Then what would we have as backup? That's not a question for you or I to answer. Let's get back to your review. Is there more? Yes, there is. Your appearance, Brian, is important. The way you look matters. We give our employees great latitude in this area, but it's clear that you need to make some changes. I haven't really noticed. You never comb your hair. For a while, people thought it was just your style, but it's become clear that you not only don't comb it, you never wash it. And you are wearing the same suit that you were wearing on the day I hired you. I like to look good. I wear my suit. Your suit has not been dry cleaned in ages. It has tears in it and stains all over it. I hadn't noticed it's not important. Her gut said, fire this man immediately. But there were reasons she needed him. Yes, Brian, the way your suit looks, the way your hair looks, and the way your shoes look are all important. In our handbook, there is a written expectation that every employee will display an appropriate, professional appearance. But it's not a specific rule. Brian, it's common sense. And I'm about to say something else that is very important. Your job depends upon it. I'm listening. Brian, you smell. There's an odor coming from you right now that's making me very uncomfortable. If you don't change this behavior, you're going to be fired. Here is an action plan for you. After this interview, you are going to leave my office and the building, go home, clean yourself up, Change your clothes and comb your hair. Then you may return to work. Is that clear? Yes. Do you have any questions for me? She asked. I do have a question for you. Are you happy with your work? No, Brian. I mean, do you have any questions about what we have just discussed? I would like to alter the action plan. Brian's eyes widened. He opened his mouth like he was yawning. She could see that his teeth were decayed. He pushed backwards in his chair and took a long, deep breath. Then he leaned forward, his mouth still wide open. Mercedes heard it before she saw it. The sound was like wind rushing through a tunnel. 
Brian's eyes were fixed on her. She couldn't break away from his gaze. To her horror, she saw an orange and slightly purple stream of his breath coming towards her. Her hair fluttered as the collar of her dress rustled as the stream of his foul stench reached her. She pursed her lips, but it went upwards through her nostrils and coated her eyes. The sound and the smell seeped into her ears and penetrated her brain. The toxic cloud covered her insides. She felt it burning her, surrounding her, smothering her. Her head flopped backwards and her mouth opened wide. The putrid stream of orange and purple intensified, shooting down her throat. Her eyes began to roll and drool covered her chin. He released his gaze and closed his mouth. He relaxed in his chair. She slumped over her desk, groaning. After about thirty seconds, slowly she sat up as her eyes cleared. She took out a piece of paper and set it on her desk and began to write without hesitation. She signed her letter and left it on her desk. Mercedes reached into her drawer and got her purse, stood up, and walked out of the office. He said to her as she left, Good day. Brian Toomwater got up from his chair, walked around the desk and sat down in Mercedes Jefferson's chair. He glanced at her resignation letter. His action plan was beginning. It was time to hire people who lived for their work. Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.